Welcome to Exploring Innovation, a podcast where we discuss the challenges of managing and driving innovation in what we like to call traditional organizations. So this is not a podcast on startups or companies like Tesla, Spotify or Google. This is a podcast where the methods and tools those companies have used to basically explode in size and constantly improve their business models are discussed in the context of ordinary companies and organizations whose business model basically is the same today as it was when the iPhone was launched. My name is Tobias Eklund. I have, uh, before joining Hello Future, which is the company behind this podcast, worked in large international organizations and will try to keep that perspective to therefore try to take your perspective while interviewing our guests. Today, I have invited someone who has a lot of experience in helping organizations with one of the first steps you need to take in setting up a structure to organize innovation work. A step which you will hear is crucial if you want to succeed with innovation. Welcome, Per Lundgren. Thank you, Tobias. Nice to be here. Nice to have you here, Per. So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I think that's a bit up to you, but I, I think we're going to talk about visions mainly. What they are, how important they are, and how we work with them, with our clients. Yeah, the vision. To have a clear vision of where you're going, that's what we're going to discuss today. I've worked with marketing a lot of years and so forth, and, and, and this the, the word vision uh, has a lot of different meanings depending on who you're talking to. Uh, what is your what is your basic definition, or how how would you describe having a vision, the, the type of vision that we're going to talk about today? Yeah, uh, I think of it. I think it, I I think of it in a few different ways. First of all, I think it's you should see it like like a compass, something that that gives you a direction for whatever you want to do. And I mean. A vision is something, it's something you can have as an individual, something you can have as an organization or like a sports team. It doesn't really matter, but the more individuals trying to do something together uh, that you have, the more important the vision becomes because you want to use it to, to like put people's effort towards the same end. So I see it as a tool uh, and that tool is, is somewhat of a compass for me. Okay, so it's something to give you a clear direction of where you're going exactly it's like uh, you know trying to do something in a group uh, you it helps to see the same thing in front of you so uh, when we work with our organizations uh, we try to to paint the picture of a desirable future for them mm. and uh, that is that is what what the vision is for me a, a desirable future and also you know the, the name vision it's something you see and a lot of times, I don't know about you, but I, I work with clients and when you ask them to show their, their visions, it's always a text document. What we're saying is that to really succeed in innovation work, you need that picture of the man on the moon. You need, you need that, that, that visionary side of what does a successful future look like? And in NASA's case, it was like we have a man walking, actually walking on the moon. Yeah, it's a great vision. Everybody will remember it. it you know, you can see it in front of you. You can communicate it to people. You can, you know, bring others who, who are interested in this can, you know, very easily understand what you want to achieve and, and join forces with you. I think the risk, if you do not have a vision, I mean, most organizations do not have a vision. 
they may they may have you know a few word documents with slogans mm. uh, but if you don't have a vision i think the the big risk is that people will will make a millimeter of progress in a million different directions yeah that's really the problem you want to focus the energy in one direction and the uh, vision is that direction it's the best tool for you know creating that focus that i have come across okay that that's that i understand what you mean uh, and it sounds interesting and as you as you said i mean really most organizations do not have this they don't have this visual image of what a successful future looks like in brief i mean what what does a what does the process look like what do you do with 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 your clients to to make them be able to think of this because i think at most most organizations uh, haven't really thought about it and uh, if they have it's more on an individual basis maybe how do, how do you get them all aligned yeah that's the that's the hard question isn't it <laughs> i think what you want is the core of the process in creating a vision uh, is is to have a lot of different ideas about the future within an organization or within a you know team or whomever you are creating a vision for and so the ideas are the core you need to have a group of people have a lot of ideas and that's that can be really really hard uh, i think you get there i mean the way we work with that is by looking at the world we start this process by gathering people and that's also important like the gathering who do you gather you know yeah should you gather the only the leadership or who do you gather and a lot of organizations kind of think that they only should bring the leadership to do this because it's you know leadership stuff right is that your experience yeah, as well it's tr- this, i mean this is this is core strategy this yeah. is a really important question yeah but that's uh, not a good idea as it turns out because you need people the best processes that i've been involved in is where leadership is brave enough to invite as many people as possible from the organization who meets the customers every day you know we did this with a public transportation company in northern sweden who who really understood this you know and they invited the 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 bus drivers to the process and they had some of the best ideas that were most important for the for the final vision because they have seen there's so much experience with dealing with the clients they've seen so much you know but if if you're telefonica or t-mobile or any other big company and you have tens of thousands of employees how 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 does that work it's the same thing you know invite a few of those people uh, who have the experience with clients okay so the important thing is to have some people in the process that have day-to-day interaction with the with the clients yeah and we have done this with groups i mean we this was uh, the one with the public transportation company was during the pandemic so we did it fully digitally Uh, okay so and that you know puts some restraints on how many people you can you can bring to the process you know working digitally with workshops uh, via zoom or google meet uh, it's it's tough yeah. to do it with more than 10 possibly like 15 people hmm. uh, it becomes very hard but would it be easier if it, i mean to have a workshop with 500 people is not that easy either i guess i don't think you can have so a, you, well you can have a workshop with 500 people but 
I'm not sure how you would do that. <laughs> no, but, but what what I mean is 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 the digital perspective a constraint uh, out of the no, the, no, not the really. end. No, not really. Okay. I mean, it it seemed like that in the beginning, but uh, very quickly we found ways to do it. But but um, so so out of a pr- who should participate perspective. Okay, you you need people who meet the customers, who are or you know, frontline customers and not only people sitting behind their desks and in internal meetings all day. But but the leadership, what 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 would their role be? Should they should well, they participate or should they delegate? They should participate. They need to stand behind this. You need to involve their pride in this, in my opinion. Pride is like a great okay. emotion to uh, uh, to involve uh, because if someone is is proud of something, they are going to stand behind it and defend it and spread it. And you know, a vision is such a great tool. If you have, let's say that your your leader, whoever that may be, the CEO or someone else, if that person feels proud of the vision and uses it as a tool, you know, when when he or she is out talking to the public. Uh, the effects yeah. can be really, really interesting. And this is actually what happened with the public transportation company. Their CEO, we actually, in the beginning of the process, we had like this idea that maybe this vision should be presented in the form of a keynote because she's so good on stage. She wants to go out and okay. talk to politicians and to other organizations. Uh, and we kind of know, we kind of had that, that hypothesis that if we make this into a great presentation, the, the the vision in the form of a presentation, it would spread, and she will be very very proud of it, and that kind yeah. of, that that's what happened, and it's it's a good example of, of you know when when someone when leadership stands behind it and and makes it possible to, you know spread, so mm. they need to be there. Someone need to be there who can you know stand behind it and defend you, it you need you, you need the management to stand behind the, the result of course yeah yeah if there should be any effect of it and then you need i mean all the people in the process need to feel that they have been part of creating this i think that's a big point as well uh, so that it feels that the vision it doesn't come from a consultancy company it doesn't come from above it doesn't come from somewhere else it comes from us yeah I think that's really important. Okay, this this could really be a challenge then within you know really large organizations. So so I think some probably some thought has to be put into how you choose the participants to yeah. make sure that they are respected within the organization, but that they're also not only from the the top management or only from not the top management, the ordinary employees. So I guess that's that's a quite a um, I think to put some thought into uh, before th- before planning the planning yeah. the process but I think one way to work in in larger organizations is to not only work with one one vision I mean you kind of need one master vision one the biggest one the most zoomed out one if you will but then you can break it down uh, what does it mean for this division or that division so that everyone feels that there is a vision guiding me that is uh, relevant for me I think that's important. Mm. So you start with a big one and then you break it down as much as you have to to feel to to make everyone feel involved included in it. That's that's interesting. And it, so what would you I mean 
back to my own experiences. Um, let's say that you're head of a department and you really, you listen to this and you read the stuff uh, around visions and, and you feel that, oh, we, my department really needs a vision. Can I, can I, as a department, head of department, can I take forward my own decision without having a, you know, the, the major organizational vision done? Can I, can I start in that way? Can I hijack the process? Or does the, in your view, do you think that the, the big one needs to be done before? No, I think that's a great a idea question. to hijack the process. I think I, lo I love it because <laughs> I mean, if there is, <laughs> I think because good visions, uh, they are they are so inspirational. They they can be so inspirational that if you, as a head of a division, goes ahead and makes one without asking anyone and shows it to leadership, it might actually change the way they appreciate the tool that a vision is. And you you might like push them to create their own vision because all of a sudden you have you have purpose and you have alignment and you have focus within your team and people are you can almost see it in people's eyes and I think that spreads in in an organization but I think the like how I would want to do it if I <laughs> could choose is starting with a big one but why why not start with a small one maybe that's a good idea as well haven't haven't done but it, it takes some it takes some. Um... Cojones to do that. I mean, what if I, as a department head, I bring forward my own vision and, and the CEO and board of directors feel that it's not at all what they wanted to do or maybe just, just get ashamed of maybe not having been in the, in the front seat uh, of that and, and uh, they kill it. Yeah. That, that could also happen. That could happen. But I think like two things here. First of all, I don't think it's a choice. Having a vision is not a choice. You kind of need to have a vision to have a future. I think that's the same thing. Uh, so if leadership doesn't want to create a vision for you, help guide your work, you should change organization. You should change jobs. You deserve something better. Uh, and the second thing is, the first thing is that, you know, every, uh, to have a future, you probably need to have a vision at some point because change is, you know, speeding up as we talk about a lot. Uh, yeah. So that's one thing I think you really need it. And the second thing is that even if you don't have an official vision, you still have a vision in the heads of, of, of the leaders in an organization, big or small. They have, a, everyone has a vision. You know, if, but if, if, if it's not shared and if people don't feel like, oh, we, we are part of this, we have seen this with our own eyes, it creates, it puts, you know, it takes the energy that could have been directed into one focus point in one direction and spreads it out very much so that you don't get this like forward momentum that our vision is so good in creating. Do you, do you see here what I'm trying to? Yeah, but I'm, I'm. I'm not sure everyone has a vision of the future. I mean, people are so tied up in working and, you know, solving the avalanche of everyday problems that they meet. Um, that the, my feeling is that a lot of people don't have that vision of where they're going. It's no. all, you know, fire hose. Yeah. And, and you know, put, putting out fires every day. I think that's uh, completely accurate, but I think that is a vision. And that vision says that things will probably be the same in five years or 10 years. It won't change that much. It, you know, that's also a kind of a vision, an anti-vision maybe. 
<laughs> that kind, sounds so depressing. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the, I like the notion that everyone has has a vision, yeah, but it's not communicated and it's not maybe thought through and so forth. Back back to the. I mean, of course, you can't build the whole process, but but what are the major steps you need to bring this group of people through to to because I I mean back to what we just said most people are very much here and now in the budget process and and the next quarterly report and and you know it's it's an everyday life so i mean in some way i what i would what i would suspect is that you have to like break the mold uh and and make them uh, think of this in a, in a structured way or, or is that not needed i mean is your is your feeling that they have these thoughts we just pull them out of them i think you need to put them in a certain mindset to be able to create a vision uh and, and that's hard as i said the core thing the, the core piece of the process is uh, making people have ideas different ideas about mm. the future so we usually start with a workshop where we gather as many people as possible from the organization within the limits of what we can handle of course uh, and before we do this we try to make like a we monitor trends we look at the world surrounding this organization and the, the field or arena in which they are operating we look for weak signals and we out of what we find we kind of create what are what are weak signals a uh, weak signal is like the first symptom of of change like or a sign of an emerging phenomenon that can may uh, that may be significant in the future but it it's a bit of the future that is here and now but it speaks with a kind of a weak voice you know yeah so you need to listen very closely and see how maybe this is where we're going it's not a trend you know a trend is something big that we can see here and now and that we you know we think that it will continue into the future Uh, but a weak signal is like it's surprising and it's uh, not very clear but uh, if you look (laughs) it's a a vague concept could you uh could you give an example from from without mm. spilling customer or something? I mean, because I understand what trends are, and I, so I think I understand say, what weak signals are. Yeah, let's say this is not a weak signal right now, but uh, when people started going, you know, you live in you, you used to live in Stockholm. Uh, yeah, I live in the northern Sweden, so everybody like they walk here, but in Stockholm they ride around in these electric scooter bike things, yeah. voice. And stuff like that mm. and i think when that started it was a weak signal that people were really interested in that kind of transportation that that like micro mobility way of moving mm. in bigger cities so n- now it's a trend but it used to be a, a weak signal because it wasn't that widespread you know but if you could back then look at the first few people riding these uh, devices what do you call them these uh what are they called? Electric scooters. Electric scooters, yeah. yeah. Um, you could start asking questions, you know, what if every city in Sweden had like 10,000 of these? What would happen with yeah. buses? What would happen with trains? What would happen with bicycles? What, you know, what would happen cars. with cars? Yeah. yeah, that's a weak signal. Could be a weak signal if it's surprising. That could be, it could have been a weak signal a couple of years ago. For for the for the public transportation company in Stockholm, they should definitely have picked that up and said, "Okay, instead of letting all these companies do this, maybe we should do it." Yeah. In the 
Maybe. Maybe. There are a lot of weak signals right now. It it can be something very, very weak. Like I re- I've read about a company in another country that does this very cool thing. Could it be a weak signal? What if this became mainstream? You know, it can be as simple as that. Mm. Nobody yeah. knows what a, what a weak signal, what are weak signals or not. You know, it's it's kind of a guess. Yeah, but so, so you you help you help uh, with coming up with a lot of weak signals that yeah. you see out of your perspective for this specific organization and put that into the lap of the participants. And we we try to invite experts as well. Okay. And we together we paint a picture of the like the territory right now, uh, mm. and we. We gather people and we present this this map of the territory right now during like 30 minutes or an hour and, and have people think what if questions while we do this or or how can we questions like classical design or innovation thinking questions. Yeah. yeah. Given this, how can we da-da-da or what if this became mainstream? What would that mean for us in the future? Just to put people in this uh, mindset thinking about the future and their role in it. So that's usually the first thing that happens. And then? And then we, sometimes we use what comes out of that to build scenarios, you know, future scenarios. Uh, maybe we've, this can look like, we have different ways of doing this, but uh, for the public transportation organization, we looked at where people would like to live and travel in the future based on what we could see here and now. So we made a couple of scenarios and they are really, they are stories about people and how, about how change have affected people and their behaviors in the future. So it's very, it's like reading science fiction, a bit like that. It okay. puts your mind spinning, hopefully. Uh, so we, we create these scenarios and from those, uh, that's kind of where the ideation process really starts for the participants. They can read these scenarios, they can, you know, bring them home and try to have ideas. Given this, if this if this is the future, you know, or something like this, yeah. what could we be there? How could we think and work to have a meaningful role in that future? And that usually gives uh, a wide spectrum of interesting ideas, of bad ideas, of good ideas. I mean, who knows what's, a good idea, what, what's good or bad yeah. in this? Uh, but it's really important that people dare to have like bold and weird ideas. That's that's the key. And that's I think that's one of the hardest things really in the process. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. I mean that that that's that must be really difficult because people are often afraid to to say the wrong thing. How do you address that? I uh, try to have, you know, bad ideas myself and not be uh, to dare to be the first mover <laughs> of the bad ideas. And I try yeah. to downplay, downplay my own role, or maybe not my own role, but I try to make myself, if I lead the workshop and the process, that can be, yeah. I mean, it can feel for people that I, I'm going to judge them, you know. So I re- Yeah, you're I, the, like the expert coming in. Yeah, so I, I think it's really that. important for me and my colleagues to be as human as possible, as fallible as possible to like lead the way of having simple, not thought through ideas so that others see that, okay, oh, an idea, it doesn't have to be something great or big or, 
and super thought revolutionary through. Yeah. exactly it can be something very simple uh, and i think also think i mean the dynamics of the team you are working with is also key if people are afraid of their boss for example it's not going to work out very no. well and that's hard for us to change but it's i mean we need to look at those things before we start this process and if the boss is scary in some way maybe that person shouldn't be there when we ideate yeah psychology yeah okay so so people ideate and then you have all these thousands of great and bad ideas yeah then we need to we need to gather these ideas sometimes i, I like to do it in a few iterations like we first we try to have ideas together in the workshop for 30 minutes or an hour but then i like people to to view each other's ideas and go home because when people go mm. home something happens they are so much more creative when they come home from work oftentimes over a glass of wine yeah but you know as we said earlier if you're afraid of your boss you're not going to have good ideas and that's because of you know your brain basically shrinks in that situation and when you come yeah. home, that's the place to relax and feel good, hopefully. And that's where you, you know, in the shower is a classic example. Or when yeah. you're trying to fall asleep, you can have big thoughts and ideas. So we try to use that and um, make it into a little bit of a, of a homework to have ideas. And post them to us, like mail us or in whatever way suits you. Yeah. So then we gather all these ideas from the workshop and from people mailing us, you know, Saturday night or whenever. And then we, the first thing we need to do is to, uh, you know, organize them. A lot of the ideas are going to be the same. A lot of the ideas are going to be on the same themes so we can put them into a cluster and to eliminate. You, you don't want to work with a thousand ideas. You want to try to group them so it's more... Yeah. It's not so overwhelming. And then we vote, basically. That's usually what happens. We bring the, the participants into a digital workshop and we have them read through the ideas and vote for the ideas that they like the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And that that's, must be a way of then really getting buy-in, as long as your ideas win. <laughs> the ideas that the ideas that that um, you voted for win but it's it, it becomes very democratic then yeah it's good for a couple of reasons uh it's we try to make it as anonymous as we can you know i don't want people to know who had what idea because it doesn't matter no. I, ideas are usually i mean i see something you wrote and i write something and you see what i wrote and you build on that and in the end who had the idea it doesn't matter hmm. Uh, so that's one thing and we also think that if a lot of people likes the same things i mean we get a heat map we get a sense of what's important here for whatever reason and it's very hard for like one strong leader to argue against the group if they have voted uh, mm. but it doesn't mean i mean just because we have them voting it doesn't mean that we always i mean if the, if they if five ideas come up as the favorites of a group 
it doesn't it doesn't mean automatically that we use those five ideas it just gives us like a sense of what the group is thinking and we try to use them in some way at least to you know make yeah. the group feel that they have created this they have chosen this the best process the best processes that i've been in is those where the client or like the people involved after we are done uh, they say to me wow this is this we did this you know we actually did this this is our vision vision they they don't even they kind of don't even see what we contrib contributed to that part is almost invisible that's great wow so 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 i mean what what's the output um do you have tell me yeah, yeah. How, um, how how is then the this process and, and the the goal of this process the result of this process how how do how do you deliver that in a way that the organization then can relate to and use yeah uh the first thing that happens after we have uh, like found the golden ideas if you will we as quickly as possible we try to make like a first version of the vision and it doesn't it's not that the vision is very visual we always work with visual things that feels real uh, so we can um, maybe we create a you know a web page you know a prototype of a web page or the cover of a famous magazine that has features an article about the organization and how amazing they are in the future something that will trigger people's emotions that they hmm. have to react on we can create a lot of that kind of material just you know for people to react on uh, to see if we're on the right path if this does anything to people if they get engaged and pr pr proud uh, so we try to you know trigger them in whatever way we can that doesn't mean that if we build a web page for example like a prototype of a, of a landing page and we show it to the group we we mainly want to see their reactions it doesn't mean that the the final vision needs to be in the form of a web page uh, but this is something that we discuss together with them in this uh, part of the process you know what how do you want to use the the tool what works for you are you going to be standing in front of people presenting this do you need you know, politicians buy-in for whatever you want to do uh, maybe that thing we should make a keynote is it something else is it a movie will that spread it so we try to figure out how they will use this tool and 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 uh, in the beginning you said you you you, you said it was very important that it was visual but now you said it's very important that they can emotionally relate to it so it could i mean the question could it also be a is, is you know a, a radio show not 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 visible is it is the visible the important thing or is the emotional buy-in the important thing or, or uh, i guess i under, uh, answered that myself by thinking but but have we ever done a vision which is not visual i think if there was a better way of making people see exactly the same thing and feel like the same thing and move in exactly the same direction if if that's a, like a smell or a scent then we should do a scent but i think <laughs> you know a text isn't good at that i don't think audio is good at that either because people interpret language in different ways but it's harder to interpret 
something concrete and visual. Ah, yeah. So, so that's why you shouldn't have words written on a page because you can interpret that in different ways as well. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I stumble into this every day. I think you do as well. When we SMS people or mail people and they answer and we realize that they haven't understood us, it's really frustrating. Mm. And that's what's very that, seldom happens to me. <laughs> You know, I'm a trained language consultant in Swedish. I've spent years on university trying to hone the craft of writing. And I still feel on a weekly basis that why don't people understand me? It's, You're surrounded by the wrong people. No, but it's hard. <laughs> I, I just do advanced things to be us. It's hard. I'm Interpretations is, is very, very hard. Yeah. So text is, you need to be really careful with text yeah but but uh, back back to the the thing that that having a like a vision written down in words on a piece of paper is not a good idea because people can relate to the words in different ways yeah that's that's it so no more written words as your vision and i mean how we are the leading company with the most successful and so happy customers. No, that's usually pretty pointless. Yeah, stop doing that, everybody. What else? What else? I mean, out of innovation work, we've we've uh, we've mentioned that. It, I mean, it gives it gives. Then, if you have a clear and and uh, visual concept, a vision that people can relate to emotionally. That is that is giving a clear direction. Uh, what what are the what are the like out of a ordinary innovation work? Uh, what other advantages can you see that this kind of process could bring with it? Oh, uh, I think it. First of all, it does something with the with the team, with the organization, with the people involved, uh, evoking the sense of pride. You know, and it can have impacts on the culture, how you how you think, and people feel. If people are certain about where everybody wants to go, it frees up uh, it frees up you know people's ability to move quickly without asking for permission all the time. They feel more ownership of the of, of the journey in a way. So I think it can work wonders with teams. But then mm. what I think is so interesting with the vision as a tool is that I, I see it as a master tool, like the tool you use to create all the other tools that you need on the journey. So by looking mm -hmm. at the vision, you can actually plan backwards, you know, plan backwards and find, we, uh, we use a method called backcasting a lot of the times when we have yeah. created a vision for a customer. And that's a really s simple but good method uh, that is, you look at where you want to go, a clearly defined future, and then you ask some variation of, of the same question over, over and over again until you reach where you are today. And that question is something along the line of, you know, given this future, what must have happened, you know, for us mm. in order for this to be true? And then you start, you start thinking, okay, uh, we're going to be here in seven years. Uh, for this to be true, we must oh we must hire like ten people who know how to who knows how to work with uh, AI, for example. So that becomes yeah. one part of the plan, 
Uh, and when you do this math, when you do backcasting, you, you tend to like automatically create a strategy and focus areas. It helps you to know how to monitor the world around you, what kind of people to hire. Uh, it, it gives you strategic, I'm, I'm looking for a Swedish word here. It gives you the, the strategic clarity. Strategic, yeah, strategic clarity and like the areas of focus that is important for you if you want to reach the. Oh yeah. Vision. Okay. So so looking at that vision, we can say okay, we really need to become better within this area. But on the other hand, it could also mean the opposite. That clearly, we see that this area that we've spent a lot of time looking at and so forth, that's not part of the future. Let's just close that down. Oh yeah. So it could free at least mental resources is okay uh fully automated cars is not something that go that is going to affect our future so we can just stop looking at that for example i guess that's a great you agree on that yeah that's a good yeah. point that's a very very good point because if you don't know where you're going clearly how can you how can you judge what's happening here and now how can you argue against someone who thinks that like this area is important for us because it has been important for the last 20 years without a mm. vision you can't i mean it's very very tough to have those conversations with a vision everything is easier we want to go here is this important yeah this is this is back to the the episode i i had with with uh, kalle on the three box solution i mean without the vision it's impossible to know what to put in the different boxes. And if you haven't heard that episode, seek it up, it's, it's on, on the three box solution. Yeah. But basically you have one, one box, which is here and now, you have one box is this is what we should stop doing. And one box is this is where we should, we should explore. And of course, having a clear vision makes it much easier to decide on what to stop doing to free resources to put into box three, where you explore what you need to do to reach your future yeah so so for the three box solution um, a clear vision is is crucial because otherwise it won't work okay so that's that's interesting you mentioned you mentioned seven years uh is that a, a good time frame for where you mentally should put yourself into when when starting working out with your vision yeah i think that's also an interesting question and I, I'm not sure what is the perfect. I mean, that probably is different for different organizations within different, you know, sectors. But I think as as like technological development, like the speed of our technologies is accelerating. The speed mm. of, of change in general is accelerating. So five years from now, a lot of things <laughs> will be different. If you go back mm. 50 years, fi five years from 1965 or something, 1970, things wouldn't necessarily be that different. So I think as, as we move towards history, we should shrink the time until uh, for the vis vision. So maybe today, you know, I've tried doing it five years, I've tried doing it 10 years. I think somewhere in between those numbers is a good place to land. It's, it's close enough not to be total science fiction people may still be working at the same organization in seven years and they might care you know if it's 20 years into the future a lot of the people in the 
process might not care. It's hard to care about 20 years into the future. Yeah. Isn't it? And if you do it like two, two, one or two years. Somewhere in between five to 10 years then. I think right now that's pretty, it works for most complex organizations. But this also means that, I mean, if, if we would create a vision today for a company, do you like update it as as you said i mean the, the, everything is moving so quickly should you update the vision and how often should you do that if so and and how do you work with this over time because i mean time goes really quickly so if we do this now and you know in 5 years is that's a short period of time yeah this is also a good point uh i am very convinced that you should view the vision as work in progress all the time because what happens when you have a vision in place is that you're going to you're going to accelerate the learning of the organization you're going to learn faster and more and when you learn you're going to look back at the vision and think oh that's not accurate or we should change that or tweak that or you know uh, you you will have a new pair of eyes to look <laughs> to look at the vision with and that will change all the time. So, a good, I think, good, a good way of making the vision relevant, uh, like sharpening the knife that it is. You know, it's a tool; it needs sharpening. Uh, you need to look at it like a couple of times each year, critically, and think: Is this still relevant? Does this tool still work for us? Does it give us direction? Does do we feel? challenged by it inspired by it can we change something can we make another version of it that is in a different format that works better for you know someone in our organization or like like some division or some group of people Uh, because like the goal is to inspire people make them move in in the same direction as quickly as possible and that direction has to be like a desirable future as well of course yeah, of course. If you want the energy with the organization, it has to be, has to be desirable. People that will have to relate to it. Okay, I think I've I've got a clear picture of what a vision is and and what it should be used. And and to just recap out of my top top of mind, a vision should be something challenging. Uh, a picture of your desired future in like let's say seven years time from now uh it should be visual so that people can relate and and understand where the organization is heading and therefore it will be easier to relate and it will also be able you you can use that to free energy and free resources to understand what we need to innovate around to reach that desirable future. It should be done by people in management to to really make sure that it's um, grounded in, in their ambitions. And it, but you should also have people that are close to the customer within the process. And it should be looked at a couple of times. Possible. Sorry for yeah. interrupting, but you know, involve as many people as possible. If you find a smart way involving like 10,000 people do it. Yeah. The more buy-in, the better, basically. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? 
Is there anything in the perspective of, of this uh, we missed? And, and, and back to my, my recap, uh, I think that was really interesting. When having a really clear vision of what you were going to do, you can more clearly see what areas we need to become better at, we need to explore within, where we need to pick up these weak signals, as you mentioned, but also which areas we can stop looking at. Yeah, uh, and of course, out of an innovation perspective, that that's really important because then you can, in a very easily and early stage, kill ideas that are not going to take you in the direction of your vision, and you can put more attention onto the ideas that really do take you in the direction of your vision. Yes, that is completely true, and I think as you said before, the three box model is uh, useful in tandem with a vision because in a lot of cases when we have created a vision we do the back casting we get the focus areas then we also help the clients set up portfolios for innovation projects uh, and we try to do that by you know looking at the three box framework uh, and help them sort between projects what projects are helping us survive here and now because that's also important just because you have a vision it doesn't mean that you can stop doing what gives you vitality in the moment so that's one thing you know box one Kalle and you talked about this and the box yeah. three things are more directly you know connected to the vision building your future and you can also start sorting things into a box too. Oh, maybe this was great for us 10 years ago or five years ago or yesterday, but it's not gonna help us, you know, it's not gonna give us, uh, push us toward the future. And it's not, it's not that important for being, you know, sustainable here and now economically. So we can maybe stop doing that and free up resources for the journey ahead. Thanks a lot, Per. That was really interesting to hear about your work with visions, the vision and the importance of it. So if you thought this discussion was interesting, be sure to hit that subscribe button in whatever podcast player you're using. And if you have any questions or ideas for this podcast, mail me at podcast at hellofuture.com. If you want to get in contact with you, Per, what, how do they do that? Yeah, I think the best way is by email. And I'm at per at hellofuture.se. P-E-R. P-E-R. P-E-R at hellofuture.se. Very Swedish name. A very Swedish name. You can also read more about this podcast and us at hellofuture.com. Uh, and there you can also find some links for more reading and uh, yeah, all the other episodes that we've played. And, and there's uh, going to be a lot of material on the three box solution that we also mentioned. So with that, thanks for listening. Talk to you soon again and um, have a great day wherever you are and whatever time it is. Bye. Bye.